This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Thank you so much for joining us again. If there is one thing that every Christian can probably agree on about America, it's that our nation desperately needs to return to the Lord in repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. About two years ago, Evangelism Explosion decided to make new inroads toward that end. The ministry launched a project called Equip America, offering training events that get pastors and key leaders out into the streets to share Jesus Christ with those who have yet to hear about him. And what has been so encouraging to me is hearing my next guest talk about the response that these Christians are getting from people who are both hearing and responding to the gospel in these dark days. Here to tell us more is John Sorensen, president of Evangelism Explosion International and host of the radio broadcast Share Life Today. So good to talk to you again, John. How have you been? Well, Janet, just great. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I know we saw each other a few months ago, and and I was listening to a little bit about the results of these Equip America events. And I just wondered if you could start out by telling listeners a little bit about what Equip America is all about and what the goal is and how it's all kind of put together. Well, our main goal, of course, our main goal is to try to change the conversation on personal evangelism in America today. And we thought about it long and hard. How, how might we do that? And then it just dawned on us one day. The best way to do that is to just go do it. And in the process of doing it, uh, convince folks that they can do it as well. And Janet, I've had dozens of pastors say to me over the last um, couple of years as we've been doing these, uh, you mean I could have been doing this the last 20 years? Uh. And the truth is they could have been. And as my granddad always said, said, the best day to plant a tree is 20 years ago and today. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're planting some trees to Today, as we just see uh, pastors get excited about going into their communities and, and making a difference for Christ. Well, what's interesting to me is God's timing, because before you ever knew that there would be a pandemic coming or chaos coming down the road, you were already in the works with Equip America. How do you see the timing of this being good timing from the Lord's perspective? Because it is the case that America desperately needs to hear about Jesus Christ, especially now. Well, I have to say that there has been an openness to the gospel today that we could couldn't have predicted, as, as you're saying, but God knew. And so as, as we began to prepare for this and, and to start down this pathway, he really just opened doors. And so we're seeing so many people... Um, that are interested. In fact, um, there was a survey done not too long ago, um, and, and they showed that where, whereas before, I think there might have been, you know, 8%, 7% of Americans that were thinking about death, today that number's doubled. It's up to over 15% of Americans that are wandering around the streets today wondering what's going to happen to them when they die. And in fact, many of them 
very unsure about when that might happen, given all that we're seeing. And, and so there's a real openness today for people uh, wanting to hear the gospel. Like, honestly, we've never seen in 60 years of ministry that, that there's more openness today than we've ever seen here in the United States. That is incredible. So tell people a little bit, when you have these events and you're in a church and you're trying to prepare people to go out and do street evangelism, how do you do it? How do you take a pastor or a Christian leader or even a layman and say, this is how you can get prepared to go out on the streets and share the gospel. What, what sorts of things do you teach people? Well, certainly we give them a tool that we can use as we go out, and that gives people a little bit of confidence. Okay, why well, I, I can learn that tool, and so since I since I know that, then I'll then I'll give it a try. But the main thing, Janet, that we do is that we uh, engage trainers. These are people that are comfortable doing this. They've been doing this for years, and they're happy to take people out and show them how to do it. So the folks that attend the events, they don't actually have to do anything except pray as we we go out. Now, some do, but they don't have to. There's no requirement that they, we're not going to put anybody on the spot. But what they get to see as we go out the the door and we go into all kinds of different places, that they get to see this fact that we just talked about, that people are are genuinely open. And in many cases, we get thanked. I mean, we we just had an event the other day where a woman went on and on just thanking us so much for coming out and and sharing how she could know for sure that she has eternal life. And so we see this and, and it really opens eyes. You know, we've gotten to see some just wonderful uh, fruit from being out where people are genuinely almost praying that, that morning, Lord, send somebody to show me how I can know for sure I have eternal life. And then here we pop up. And, and once Christians get to see that, they really fall in love with the idea. It's like, okay, wait a second. So God will use me that way if I just, you know, say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll give it a try to day and and the, the answer is yes he he will and he does and and so that's what we we see people fall in love with this idea and that's i guess the main goal of equip america is just having people fall in love with this idea that they can be a witness for Jesus Christ in these days and in the process we can see our country change uh in a positive way to the glory of God. Well, that's what we're all praying for. So when you go out on the streets, is it a matter of going through the standard evangelism explosion material that people are used to and asking people about if they died tonight, would they go to heaven? These sorts of questions. Or is it more conversational? How do you tell people at the training sessions to begin the conversations? Because sometimes that's the toughest part is. is starting a conversation with somebody you've never yeah. met before. Hi, would you like to talk about Jesus? I mean, there are different approaches. What, what do you recommend? Well, actually, we give people what we can call a questionnaire. So they go out on the streets and they just, we, we, in fact, I always go. So I take a team, walk up to folks and just say, hey, you know, we're out from this church and we're talking to people about uh, spiritual things. And we've got this questionnaire to ask people, would you help us out? for you know, a minute, just help me answer these questions. And so people are like, yeah, sure, you know, we'll help you. And, and, and in the process of these questions, we ask them what they think about God and what they, you know, what they think about prayer and, and you know, how they're feeling right now. On a scale of one to 10, you know, how, how are you doing in your life today? Uh, are you really confident? Things are great. Or are you really concerned and scared? And, you know, and then we, we point out the fact that we really think the church ought to help people uh, with that kind of thing. 
thing, and most people agree. In fact, we very rarely hear somebody say, no, churches aren't supposed to help people with that. And then we say, well, that's why we're here. And, and now we can ask you a couple questions that will help you really understand kind of where you are today. And we do ask them those two questions that you mentioned. Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? And overwhelmingly, the answer is no. I mean, that is the most commonly uh, given answer that we experience. And then suppose you were to stand before God and he said, why should I let you in? What would you say? And again, the most common answer is, well, I'm doing the very best I can, and I hope that the good things that I do somehow outweigh the bad things that I do. And, you know, this is this gives us that opportunity to say, I've got some really great news for you. Would you want to hear it? And again, the answer is almost always yes. And uh, we're seeing... More than half of the people that we share the gospel with today make a decision for Jesus, either for salvation for the first time or for assurance that they've never felt like they've had. And and Janet, again, we've never seen those kinds of numbers in 60 years of ministry. That's how open people are to the gospel today. That's incredible. Do you attribute that mostly to the pandemic, the fear over death to COVID-19? Is that the primary driver or do you think it's deeper than that? Well, I think it's three things, and I think it's the first thing is what you just said. It is the condition, the situation in which we're in today. We saw something similar after 9-11 that, that lots of folks were, but that was very short-lived. This has been uh, far longer than that. The second thing is is that we're having a lot of pastors come to these workshops, these clinics that we're doing, uh, these days of, of evangelism. And because of that, I think God wants to show these pastors that people are open. So that's number two. But then number three, and probably the most significant reason, is that we've added this uh, a prayer element. I mean, a very serious prayer ministry that is just bathing these events and every one of these conversations in prayer by hundreds and hundreds of people all over the country that are joining us in this way. And because I think this of this uh, immense prayer movement, um, you know, we're seeing uh, an, an openness, like I say, that we've never seen before. Well, there's a lot more to talk about. We're going to pause for a short break. John Sorensen with us from Evangelism Explosion International. We're going to talk more about Equip America and and the need for street evangelism in this very open time of ours here in America. We'll be back on Janet Meffer today. Ask yourself, what do you pay for health care? Are you single? Do you pay more than $199 a month? Are you a couple? Do you pay more than $299 a month? Do you have a family? Do you pay more than $399 a month? Yes, you can serve the entire family with healthcare for only $399 a month with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance. So your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals. Sign up at any time of the year. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Find out more at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Or call now, 855-565-2561. That's 855-565-2561 or libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Many people in developing nations have no access to desperately needed medical care. That's why Mercy Ships brings volunteers aboard our hospital ship, the Africa Mercy, to give the world's forgotten poor the free medical care they need. 
We have an immediate need for registered nurses, especially with a pediatric specialty. As a volunteer nurse, you won't just give life-altering health care, you'll receive so much in return. It's an amazingly rewarding experience. You'll give hope and make a difference in the lives of those who have virtually no access to medical aid. It's such a fantastic thing to do. Everybody who I've met on this ship either wants to come back and do it again or they're already here for the second, third, or tenth time. So what are you waiting for? Show mercy to someone today. I would say go for it. Get more information and learn how to apply by visiting mercyships.org forward slash nurses. That's mercyships.org forward slash nurses. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. It is so exciting whenever someone comes to know the Lord for the very first time, the angels rejoice, don't they? And we do too as the body of Christ. And these are very dark days, but I'll tell you what, the Lord is moving. He's at work not only around the world in some of the darkest places on earth where the gospel is exploding, but there is evidence that it is exploding here in the United States too in various places. And we are talking about it with John Sorensen. He is president of Evangelism Explosion International, host of the radio broadcast. Share Life today, and we're discussing his Equip America events. They've been taking place over the last few years, training events, getting pastors and key leaders onto the highways and byways, as you say, John, to share Jesus. And you've said the response is really good. Now, I know you've been to a number of cities. August 28th, I just want to make sure people know about this. You've got several taking place. Manteca, California, there will be another event. Uh, Wilmar, Minnesota, I believe it is, and Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, So this is exciting. How can people find out more about it? Well, certainly, if you live in any of those areas, then please go to equipamerica.org, find that event, and you'll see what church it's being held at and what the hours, the times that we'll be doing it. I'll personally be out at the event in Manteca, California, and uh, looking forward to that day. And uh, we've already got quite a number of people that are registered, but there's still room. So if you're out in that area, then you're certainly welcome to join us. It'll be at Crossroads Grace Community Church. The cool thing is, is that uh, we actually do all these events together. So if you go to any of the three that you just mentioned, Janet, you'll get to see up on the screen the people in the other cities. And when we go out and do on-the-job training, you'll get to hear what happened in those cities. And, for instance, we had uh, one earlier in the year where the main event we did was down in Fort Lauderdale. But there were folks that got together in Seattle, Washington, and went out. And now if if you ask most Christians... Um, do you think that you're going to have the same openness or receptivity in Seattle, Washington that you, you're going to have in, in Fort Lauderdale? Again, most people would say, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Well, it's exactly what happened. We had just as many people on the streets of Seattle wanting to talk to us about Jesus than we did in Fort Lauderdale. And, right. and again, that's a bit of a surprise. It's why we do it. And um, and so that people can see uh, that this is something that's happening all across America. Yeah, well, that is exciting. So people can check it out, equipamerica.org, and you can check out those upcoming events. And there are more, too, aren't there, John? They're coming down yeah, the line are. in the fall and beyond. We are learning how, because of the, that's one of the real positive things that's happened with, through COVID. We've learned how to use technology to really branch out and to do multiple cities at the exact same time. And, and whereas before, we would have done each of those three events at different times. But this is a way for us to all be together and to do uh, the same thing and to have the experience the same teaching and training and then to, to go out in these different locations. And so we're ramping it up pretty significant. We will have done over 24 events this year, probably close to 30. 
30, where we, we had only ever done maybe 10 or 12 these past couple of years. So that's been something that's, and we're going to ramp it up even more in 2022. It is our hope. It's our, our prayer to get to every single state in, in the union before the end of 2022. Now, nice. you know, I, I, I'm sure that you will help us in Hawaii and, sure. uh, you know, <laughs> say no I'm more. Claim that one, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, we can go all over because of, you know, the way we've learned to do this. And so we're excited about getting to every one of the states and, and uh, seeing what God is going to do. And at the end of the day, a person might say, well, you know, John, that's, I don't want to really do that. And that's fine. That's, that's theirs. They can do as they choose. But they're not going to be able to say it can't be done because we will have been to every one of those cities. I, I, I had a lot of fun one, one time I was speaking at a conference uh, of evangelism pastors, and I, there was probably 2,500 pastors in the room, and we did one of these events right before, the very weekend before this event. And, you know, I got up and said, hey, I'm John, and I started telling about evangelism explosion, and you could see uh, there was a little bit of that been there, done that, bought the t-shirt kind of thing that started coming vibe from the, and I said, well, Wait, wait, no, no, no. We're not going to talk about this idea. We we actually just want to show you what we did last weekend in your city. And Janet, you should have seen every eye in the room. Every they were just fixated on the fact that this is what was going on. It was happening in neighborhoods all around them just a few days ago. And it's like, wow. You mean we can still do that? And and we go all over. You you mentioned the streets that that some trainers like to do that. I actually like to go to laundromats because people rarely leave their clothing. Doesn't matter <laughs> what happens. Captive audience. Yeah. You got a, a bit of a captive audience. And but we go all over. You know, some folks will go to malls or coffee shops or down to the beach or you, you, you know wherever people are at leisure and there's an opportunity to have a you know a conversation with somebody. And they are, as you said, genuine conversations. We do not shove anything down anybody's throat. You'll never see us you know, slamming our finger in people's faces and saying, turn or burn, repent or perish or anything like that. We're just having real conversation with folks and sharing with them what we know to be the greatest news that they could ever hear. I wonder too, John, as you're describing all this, if part of the benefit in training these pastors and leaders how to do this evangelism and going out into the world as Jesus told his disciples to do in the first place, do you see this as changing Christians' mindset about evangelism? That's, that's one of the side benefits that having gone out and shared the gospel this way, that it will become kind of a habit for them. They'll continue to do it and they'll bring more Christians along to do it. Well, Janet, that's very astute. That is exactly our hope, is that we're going to, this is just an opportunity for them to kind of taste and see, but but we really hope they fall in love with it, as I did. I remember that very first time, the very first day I ever went with someone out to share my faith. I got home that night, and, and my wife says, uh, honey, did you did you like it? And I said, <laughs> heavens no. I was scared out of my mind. I didn't like but I loved it. There was this really weird, you know, and, and I said, to Ann, I said, you know, honey, I think I'm going to do this the rest of my life if God will use me to do it. And, you know, exactly what you said. I fell in love with it, and I, and I decided I liked doing it more than I was afraid of doing it. And, and so that's what really helped me. And, like, I, I just took, took a team out a few weeks ago in Dallas, and on the team was a pastor who, and then again, this is just what you said and exactly what we're hoping. His name's Stanley. You know, he had been a pastor for 20 years. I don't not that I could ever tell that he had ever really gone out doing this kind of thing. This is really not something that is sadly taught uh, in seminaries and whatnot today. 
And uh, yet we, he, he fell in love with this idea. And as we were coming back, he said, John, you know, I don't know that I'm ever not going to do this the rest of my life. And so because he got to see a guy that a lot of people would have said, oh, that's a Christian, you know, because he acted very Christian-y and he said a lot of Christian things. And yet when we asked those two questions, he said, no, he didn't know for sure he's going to heaven. And when to that second question, he said he was doing the best he could. Well, a 30-year-old guy, you know, in a laundromat in Dallas, Texas, uh, on a Saturday afternoon, and after 30 minutes sharing with him the greatest news he'd ever heard about Jesus, who he is, what he did, uh, his name's Jefferson. Jefferson took the decision to put his trust in Jesus. And, you know, and that affected Stanley just as much as it did Jefferson. Oh, yeah. And, and so I, I love that. I love to see uh, when pastors fall in love with this idea that they really can go out into the highways and byways, and that, here's the thing, I think this is the piece that we often miss, God is actually at work there. And, and, you know, I've started asking the question at the end, Janet, you know, what's been going on in your life that's led you to this conversation today? And, you know, the answer's never nothing. The answer that usually people can immediately say, oh, well, I know, my mom's been praying for me, or, you know, this has been going on. And several, you know, every time we find out God's already been at work, he's already leading people, and we're just getting the fun of getting to join God in what he's doing and having these, this be the day that they make that final decision to trust in Jesus. Well, it's so neat because not only uh, did I mention a moment ago that the Lord sent the disciples into the world. This is a basic principle of evangelism. Usually the lost do not come to us and say, please, <laughs> sir, how may I be saved? You know, where you have a few uh, in Acts, you have a few exceptions to that. But, I mean, this is also the same sort of idea the circuit riders here in the United States, you'd think of Whitfield and the Wesleys and going out to the people and saying, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. What is so great about this, John, is is the fact that when we sit back in our churches and wait for the lost to show up, that can get discouraging. But really, the problem is expecting that the lost will show up and get saved. They are waiting to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ without even realizing it. But God knows where those people are and what their need is. And it's just a win-win. Even if people don't immediately come to the Lord, you're planting seeds and God is going to give that growth. Yeah, amen. I, I believe it with all my heart. And, you know, I, I, and in fact, I ask that question sometimes too, Janet, especially for folks that one, one gentleman that I, I shared with was, he was telling me that he was having nightmares every single night. He'd go to sleep, get up, get up the next morning, almost weeping over these, and he had no idea what to do about it. And I wondered why. In fact, I asked him the question, why didn't you go to a church? Why didn't you go talk to a pastor? And so, for some reason, Janet, this has been so removed from our culture today, he... It never once dawned on this man that, that he could find an answer to the fear that he had and to the, to, to the challenges of life by simply going and talking to a pastor. And yet, by taking a pastor with me, going out and having this conversation, we were able to help this man immensely, not only with today, but also with eternal life. Amazing. Well, as we mentioned before, you have August 28th, the number of Equip America events coming up, Manteca, California, Wilmar, Minnesota, Woodbridge, Virginia, and beyond. You can check out more at equipamerica.org. And John, what would be your greatest reason that you would encourage people to come to Equip America and learn how to do evangelism out on the highways and byways? 
Well, again, it's going to help them to grow as a believer. I mean, we see people grow like crazy, like weeds once they become a witness. And I think it's, it's very clear in Scripture that this is something God wants us to do. And when we do it, we grow. And so there's a lot of personal growth that will happen. There's a lot of wonderful things that will happen for you. And you get to obey Jesus and go do what he told you to do. It's, it's, the, it's so much fun. You, you, please come. You're going to have a great day. Well, that's wonderful. And again, it isn't just for people who are pastors, if you're a Christian leader, if you just have an interest in finding out more about how to do evangelism, how to start conversations of a spiritual nature, and to be able to open up those doors to sharing the gospel, you'll want to find out more. And you can go to the website. It's equipamerica.org, the Equip America events through Evangelism Explosion. The president, John Sorensen, so wonderful to talk to you, John. God bless you for what you're doing, and I just wish you all the best as you move forward. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for having me on. You are welcome. God bless you. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. This is an interesting poll just out from the Trafalgar Group, nearly 70% of Americans disapprove of President Biden's handling of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Very interesting. It's kind of funny how he tried to make a big deal the other day about, I didn't want to be the fifth president uh, after me. I didn't want a fifth president to inherit what I inherited, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have to be in prolonged war. It shouldn't be nation building. It, that was never the issue. That was never the issue. There is actually quite a bit of agreement among Americans of all stripes that we don't want to be perpetually in Afghanistan, as we discussed on yesterday's show. Uh, so people are clearly seen through his ridiculous rhetoric. Now we've got even more madness. They want the Taliban to be inclusive. Did you hear about this? <laughs> the inclusive. Because if there's one thing you can take to the bank about Islamic terrorists, it's that they'll be inclusive. They'll include you in the beheadings. They'll include you in the terrorist attacks. They'll include you in the suicide bombing attacks. They're very inclusive. I don't really think that's what the Biden administration means by inclusive. But here was Ned Price, the State Department spokesman, saying this and managing not to giggle while he said it. Cut one. Additionally, the U.N. Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive and representative including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide by its international obligations, including to international humanitarian law and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. I understand that progressives are a little bit behind the eight ball on their understanding of the situation. But I would just like to remind anybody who is continuing to be fooled by all of this. These people are terrorists. What do you mean you want an inclusive government? And then the Taliban spokesman comes out and says, oh, yeah, women will have rights as long as they follow Sharia law. 
And the Taliban would never lie either. The Taliban is now talking about the fact that it will allow safe passage to the Kabul airport and, oh, we'll work together. Sure, they will. Yeah, you also had the Taliban spokesman, and I played the cut yesterday on the show, saying that, oh, reports of us going door to door and doing unspeakable things to people. There's no truth to that. That's just the United States trying to make us look bad. Well, maybe MSNBC will have the Taliban back on their show and then they could feature them on all the shows on MSNBC and legitimize the Taliban. It's just absolutely incredible. How in the world can you talk about working with the Taliban and we're going to lay down the gauntlet and the UN has also talked about the need for the Taliban government to be inclusive. These people are nuts. They're nuts. I don't even know what world I'm living in anymore except the world of the insane. It's a way, I think, of trying to convince Americans that what they're witnessing in stark black and white right before their eyes or technicolor, if you're watching TV, is not actually happening. We're going to recreate reality because that's what leftists are good at. You know, men can become women and women can become men. And when you actually nurse your baby, we'll call it parent's milk because we certainly wouldn't want to be gender exclusive and talk about certain bodily functions being the purview of only women, that would not be inclusive. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this whole thing. And I'm sick of the millions of people who sit there and listen to this nonsense and just let it roll off their backs. The inclusive Taliban. Absolutely incredible. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the border, because this all ties together. This was interesting. The Washington Examiner obtained a video that was made by the former head of Border Patrol, Rodney Scott. He was talking to 19,000 border agents. He actually retired on August 14th. And this was the guy whom the Biden administration basically forced out. So he must have been a good guy at doing his job well. At any rate, this is the headline. Suspected terrorists crossing border at a level we have never seen before, says the outgoing Border Patrol chief. This is what it says. The head, former head of the Border Patrol, Rodney Scott, put together this video and he told his agents that their national security mission is paramount right now, despite the Biden administration's focus on migrant families and children coming across the U.S.-Mexico border. He said over and over again, I see other people talk about our mission, your mission, in the context of it being immigration or the current crisis today being an immigration crisis. He said, I firmly believe that it is a national security crisis. Immigration is just a subcomponent of it. And right now it's just a cover for massive amounts of smuggling going across the southwest border to include suspected and known terrorists at a level we have never seen before. That's a real threat. He used the term TSDBs, actually, and TSDB refers to known or suspected terrorists, but we'll just use that phrase, known or suspected terrorists. This is according to the FBI's terrorist screening database. He went on to say, your peers or you are taking criminals, pedophiles, rapists, murderers, and like I said before, even suspected or known terrorist alerts off the streets and keeping them safe from America. Even if we processed several thousand migrants that day, and even if thousands of them were allowed into the U.S., you still took those threats off the street, and I think that's worth it. This is to his agents. Now, what's 
mind-boggling is the surge of migrants. I'm not calling them migrants. Migrants are people who just wander around. These are illegal aliens coming across our border with the full knowledge and signing off of President Joe Biden. The surge of these people from mostly Central American countries has prompted Border Patrol to pull more than 40% of its agents from the field in order to help transport, process, and care for people in custody, meaning fewer agents are able to patrol for national security threats. Did you know the number was that high? 40% of the agents have been taken out of the field in order to deal with the illegal alien crisis created intentionally by the Biden administration. How vulnerable do you think we will be now that the Taliban has released all these terrorists from prison, now that we have a porous border, and now that we have the outgoing border patrol chief saying that we have an unprecedented level of suspected terrorists crossing the border? What do you think might be in our future, fellow Americans? Well, there are two angles to this. One angle is remaking America. Because clearly in the view of leftists, America is way too white. So you have to replace the whiteness of America with other races, other nationalities, other ethnicities, because you have to make it diverse. And when you have to make America look like the world, et cetera, et cetera, you've got that angle. But you also have the issue of destabilizing the United States for broader purposes. When we talk about the Great Reset, which we did quite a bit during the course of the initial days of the pandemic, These people haven't forgotten about that. These people have not forgotten about their globalist aims. They think America is inherently evil. That's why critical race theory is being taught and propagated from the highest levels of Hollywood and academia and journalism and schools. And you're having America torn asunder by the COVID-19 pandemic, which is still to be reported on with great detail as to what the real truth is behind why we went through everything we went through and why we have such insane mandates and insane threats about vaccine passports. And maybe you won't be able to travel to other states if you are not vaccinated. And meanwhile, they won't talk about treatment and they won't talk about the protection that you get from your natural immunity that has been created if you already had COVID-19. We're not having intelligent conversations. They are dictating from on high what is the narrative And if you don't go along with it, you'll get kicked off social media. You'll be silenced. You'll be censored. You'll be demonized. Or if you happen to be in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, you might actually go to jail and just rot in jail for months on end because they're going to demonize you. Who are the real demons here? Who are the real demons? Well, the real demons are, of course, whom we know to be demons, Satan and his fallen angels, the third of the angels who rebelled against God and became demons. But it's very hard not to use that word, I would say, in normal discussions when we're looking at the intentions of a lot of these people. And the problem that we have too often is we look at what is going on and we refuse to put two and two together because we we have that cognitive dissonance. We don't want to believe what's actually before our eyes because it's too overwhelming to deal with. Well, we're going to have to deal with it if we have another 9-11, won't we? There's more to come. Stay with us. You're listening to Janet Meffer today.
Janet Meffer today is proud to partner with Preborn to help save babies' lives. Hi, this is Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, and I want to send a big thank you for standing for life to you. Because of listeners like you in 2020, Preborn sponsored over 45,000 free ultrasound sessions to women in need, saved over 31,000 babies, and prayed with over 6,500 women to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord. The battle rages on in 2021 at an even greater level. And our goal is to give Planned Parenthood the biggest competition ever. Will you join us in saving babies' lives? Preborn funds pregnancy centers across the nation so they can offer free ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancies. Ultrasound is a game changer because when abortion-minded women actually see their babies in their wombs for themselves, 80% of the time, they choose life. Would you please join us at Janet Meffer today to support the ministry of Preborn? For $140, you can provide five free ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancies. One ultrasound is just $28, and every gift helps. To donate, please call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229, or there's a banner to click at JanetMafford.com. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your gift goes directly towards saving babies. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. You can get involved and you can help save a life for a gift of $140. Five free ultrasounds will be offered to women in crisis pregnancies. Let's do more than talk about abortion. Let's save some lives. Please call now with your gift, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-BABY. 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Going back to this Washington Examiner story that has the former Border Patrol chief saying the suspected terrorists are crossing our border at a level we have never seen before. You might recall that back in January, Customs and Border Patrol told members of Congress that federal law enforcement had stopped four people on the terror watch list. Remember that? We reported that at the time, and they put out a news release about these specific encounters, which was then taken down from their website hours after going up. And I remember at the time the excuse was, well, we just have to be concerned about national security. Right. Isn't that the point? Oh, the way we phrase things in the news. OK, yeah, that's what it was. OK, that, that's that's a really intelligent and believable explanation. It's it's outrageous. The congressional briefing, as the examiner says, confirmed what House Republicans had said during a border tour in Texas in March. House Homeland Security Committee ranking member John Katko, a former federal prosecutor who was based in El Paso during his time as a lawyer, said the international cartels were masterfully exploiting the border due to an easing of Trump era border restrictions. Not so good. People they've caught in the last few days in Border Patrol's El Paso sector have been under the terror watch list, Katko said. Individuals that they have on the watch list for terrorism are now starting to exploit the southern border. There you have it. Back in June, this was interesting, via the Jewish voice, Panamanian authorities detected terrorists trying to blend in with the unprecedented number of migrants, there's that word again, from Haiti, Cuba, Africa, Asia, and the Middle East, attempting to reach the U.S. and Canada through Panama. Erica Moines, the foreign minister in Panama, wrote an article 
published by Foreign Policy, pleading for help from the U.S., where many of these migrants who escape apprehension intend to go, and the international community describing the situation as a humanitarian crisis. The Darien Gap, which is one of the last untapped tropical forests in the Americas, is a lawless and dense wilderness stretch straddling Colombia and Panama. Some analysts consider the region the most hazardous trail for migrants fleeing war, persecution, and poverty, and they make their way into Panama by entering South America in places with lax visa rules, then they make their way to Colombia. So she was urging Latin American countries to take steps to address the growing influx of migration transiting through their territory by strengthening visa requirements and doing background checks, etc. So terrorists blending in with illegal aliens trying to reach the United States was back in June. Where are all of these people now? I don't know. 40% of our Border Patrol agents had to be taken out of the field because they have to deal with the overwhelming number of actual illegal aliens who presumably are not terrorists, but are flooding into our cities and towns across the border. And what is Biden doing about it? And probably laughing. Now we have the additional news story of people beginning to bring up more rapidly, I would say, the issue of the 25th Amendment. This is interesting. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, who is also the Senate GOP campaign chairman, is raising the prospect of using the 25th Amendment to remove Biden from office and is also calling for a congressional investigation into Biden's handling of Afghanistan. He put out a tweet on Monday saying, after the disastrous events in Afghanistan, we must confront a serious question. Is Joe Biden capable of discharging the duties of his office or has the time come to exercise the provisions of the 25th Amendment? Now, here's what's interesting. The ex-Obama doctor also had floated this idea. Remember this? Representative Ronnie Jackson from Texas, who served as the White House physician under the last two administrations, also has said it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment. He has a little bit more, I would say, neutrality in that he's worked with different administrations. Uh, Clearly, he's a Republican, but you know, what's going to happen with this? Nothing's going to happen with this. There's no way the Democrats will invoke the 25th Amendment unless the target of the 25th Amendment removal is Donald Trump. And they can't do that anymore. You don't have him to kick around anymore. Here's what's interesting, though. If you were to invoke the 25th Amendment and say that he is no longer mentally fit to be the president of the United States, which I think an increasing number of Americans know full well by watching him, by watching him stumble and look confused and walk the wrong direction and say insane things. He's he's out of it. He's not mentally capable, you know, probably of being anything job wise because he's losing it. And I feel sorry for him on a human level for getting to that place in his you know later years where he's not mentally fit anymore it happens to a lot of people but you don't want a president in that condition but here's what would happen now this is very interesting right now you have 50 democrats and 50 republicans in the senate we know that the democrats have control of the house but in the senate it's split 50 50 so we know that the vice president of the united states is the president of the senate and has a tie-breaking vote in the senate if it is necessary well who is that person right now it's kamala harris now section four 
of the 25th Amendment provides that whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may, by law, provide, transmit to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. So if they were to invoke the 25th Amendment, Kamala Harris would become the president. Now, that's a problem on a number of fronts. First of all, she is overwhelmingly unpopular. They don't trot her out. They try to hide her. Remember, she said she was going to go down to the border. How did that turn out? She's cackling all the time. She's... She's just a joke. Like, she's just awful. and People don't like her. She barely showed anything in the polls when she was trying to mount her own presidential campaign. So what would happen if Kamala became president? Well, what would happen is when you look at Section 2 of the 25th Amendment, it says whenever there's a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Aha. So if you need a majority vote in both houses, in all likelihood, you get a deadlock in the Senate because you already have a 50-50 split, assuming that you wouldn't have a Republican abandon ship and do whatever the progressives want that person to do, which is always a danger with the GOP. You never quite know who's going to jump ship. And at any rate, you're going to have a deadlock in the Senate. Now, I have said this for years. I actually love deadlocks when they talk about, oh, shutting down the government. Oh, this would be terrible gridlock. Gridlock is good. You know why? Because when they have gridlock, they can't do anything. Do you not think that's a good thing? (laughs) Certainly, you have to be able to have a government that functions in the event of an emergency and you can handle those sorts of things. But in the day to day, stupid bills being crafted and put up for votes in Congress, that wouldn't happen. You know, all of this grandstanding over ridiculous things like climate change and CRT or whatever it is the left wants to do on any given day, that wouldn't that would go nowhere because they'd be deadlocked. And for the American people, that's a good thing. But it wouldn't be good for the Democrats because they wouldn't be able to move anything. They wouldn't be able to move the needle. They have to prop up Joe Biden, in my opinion, until the midterms. Now, will Joe Biden make it? It's not looking very good. As I said before, you have this new poll. 70% of Americans are not happy with him right now. They think he did a horrible thing in Afghanistan. And, And the very fact that he is, by all reports, bringing Afghans out, but hasn't gotten out between 10 and 40,000 Americans. What what in the world is going on here? You left 10 to 40,000 Americans stranded in Afghanistan, and now you're having to talk about bringing them out maybe by the hundreds every day. Good luck with that. I'm sure your inclusive Taliban government will go right along with that. You know, we weren't going to let those Americans out of the country, but we want to be inclusive. So as long as you can find a diverse group of people, maybe have you know a, a number of homosexuals, a number of transgenders, make sure that you have women, then you have, a lot, have to have the non-binaries, then you have to have, I mean, just go down the list of everybody in the intersectional, on the intersectional list. You know, we'll get everybody out. Yeah, that's going to happen. So we'll see. The 25th Amendment, I don't think, will ever be invoked by the Democrats. It's not going to happen. So what does that do to the United States of America? You got to understand, it's not about the country anymore, other than to destroy it. 
These people are intentionally destroying the United States. That's their goal for some of these people. That's their goal. They don't like the United States. It's systemically racist. It's evil. It loves slavery or whatever you want to say on any given day that these people like to scream about. It's not true. It's not true at all. And I keep scratching my head and saying, who in the world would want to take down this country so blessed by God, so key in promoting freedom and securing liberty for other people around the world without the nation building. It's it's just incredible to see, unless you see it through biblical eyes and you understand that in many respects, our country really is under judgment. And that's where we have to pray for revival. We'll have to leave it there. Thanks for being with us on Janet Mefford today. We'll see you next time.